0: Thank you for tuning in to Explore Expert Conversations. Please note that this discussion was recorded prior to Realogy's announcement to rebrand to Anywhere Real Estate.
1: Welcome to Explore Expert Conversations, presented by Realogy, bringing our global network to your front door.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Explore Expert Conversations, brought to you by Realogy. Our show features discussions with leaders across the Realogy brands and the industry at large with high level advice for brokers, agents and investors around the world. I'm Matthew Ferrara, philosopher, speaker, and real estate industry expert, and today we're discussing one of the most valuable assets a broker can have, their reputation. Specifically, we're exploring how your reputation is only as strong as your agent's and the impact that they have in the marketplace. Now, I've invited a good friend to discuss this with me, Stephanie Anton, the president of Corcoran Affiliates. She's been a leader in the industry for over 20 years. She currently leads the brand's affiliates both domestically and globally, although she's no stranger to leading luxury global networks. And especially on the topic of branding and reputation, she's someone I turn to whenever I need advice. I've had the pleasure of working with Stephanie in the U.S., Canada, Europe, and Asia, and her career has taken her even further around the world. And when it comes to this topic, there are a few other people whose insights and experience I trust as much. So I know you're going to love this conversation. So let me welcome Stephanie Anton to the episode of Explore Expert Conversations presented by Reology. Hi, Stephanie.
1: Hi, Matthew. Nice to see you. Thanks for
0: having me. It's good to see you, too. Yeah, I'm so glad you've joined me for this conversation, because I know this is an area that you're not only passionate about, but you've you know made a huge impact in our industry, just in your career and, uh, and around the world on this. So I'm thrilled to share this conversation with our listeners. So let's just sort of back up for our listeners a little bit and sort of set the stage a bit. I've known you for many, many years, and doing this podcast is kind of like one of our long-term conversations. We've talked about this issue in other times and places. I think about doing a conference with you in Paris a few years back, and this was a big theme as well. But for people who haven't had a chance to to meet you yet, just give us a little bit on your background and how you initially got into this crazy, wonderful world of real estate.
1: Yeah, for sure. Matthew, it's funny, just thinking what you just said. Like I remember going for an amazing walk with you in Bangkok, I remember you and I walking through Florence, having this kind of conversation. We did it in Hong Kong. <laughs> like, we have truly been around the world together. And I will say that, you know, it's something that permeates the world. And it's something that brings us all together because it's an important component everywhere you go. So it's, I'm happy to be weighing in on the topic for sure.
0: Cool, cool. So, tell us where it began. How did you get into real estate? How did this become sort of uh, one of the most uh, important parts of real estate that you're really passionate about? But just just take us back a little bit so we understand the background and your perspective.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's um. I mean, you kind of mentioned it in terms of I've been in the industry for 20 years, which it seems hard to believe
0: (laughs) (laughs) for all of us, right? (laughs) Right.
1: it's, It's adding up fast. But I think I'm not unique to real estate in that. You know, my father was a real estate builder. And my husband's a builder. So I truly grew up, you know, Saturday morning drives around town looking at houses. And we talked about it at our kitchen table. And so it's just, it's always been a passion for me. But in addition, um, it's uh, entrepreneurship has always been a real passion for me. And so I think real estate was just a natural progression of the two. But I do think I bring something a little bit unique to the table. And part of why this topic has become such a focus for me is because I'm a marketer first. You know, I went to to graduate school for that. That's what I, I, I sometimes describe it as I see the world through a marketing lens and it sort of happened by accident that I've moved up into, you know, operations and yet I still see everything through the marketing world. And so at the end of the day, in real estate, I think it's so critical because we're all selling the same inventory. <laughs> and so in this business, understanding how to craft your position understanding your points of differentiation and, you know, your your value and how to articulate that is more important than I think when you're in the, you know, the consumer packaged goods business where you have a differentiated product. That's not the case in real estate. So I think that's a little bit why I've been able to carve out a little bit of a niche for myself.
0: And I think you really bring up an important point, which is that this really is a messaging and marketing industry as much as Any of the other things that we focus on in this business, we often talk a lot about technology. We often talk a lot about, you know, even the sales process, both of which are certainly critical. But at the end of the day, it's about getting an important message out to the consumer that um, helps them take action, you know, good action for them, but also good action for our clients that matters more than than we imagine now. You know let's talk about your career arc here for just a little bit. you were previously at luxury portfolio you've worked in other roles uh, in the industry as well. How did those roles prepare you to take your role at, at corporate and focus on the kind of work that you're focusing on now?
1: for sure yeah I think you know I've worked at a brokerage I've worked at another like global um, network. I've worked at another franchise so I've now been in real g you know eighteen months ish. I think it's really I've had exposure to a global point of view because of my background, but also a brokerage point of view. So I've been in the weeds. (laughs) And then I've been really, really high level. And so it's enabled me to to sort of be at a point in my life, you know, I'm 48 years old. And it's funny, I have, I tell my team, like, I now kind of I've done it. And so I can tell you what to do and what not to do. (laughs) I've sort of earned my stripes, but I I can see it with clear clarity now, you know, when someone's doing it right, when someone's doing it wrong. And I'm not always right, of course, but I definitely have had a lot of experience that now can craft my point of view. And so I think it does uniquely kind of position me for Corcoran because Corcoran, especially, we just started franchising the brand two years ago and being part of the Realogy powerhouse has been phenomenal, but Corcoran has a very unique point of view. And so understanding, I think what the landscape is of what's out there with what is being offered to the consumer and then how it's different is it kind of, it was a nice slot for me to fill easily. It was natural.
0: Mm. I want to come back to that too, at some point, this concept of a unique point of view, because it's so important to Corcoran, but it's Really important to this overall broader conversation of reputation and branding. So, so let's just dive into that right now. Let's talk about brand reputation. It is you've often said to me, and I, I truly see this playing out in our industry and my tenure in the industry. It's one of the most powerful and referred to assets. People are always talking about their reputation, about their brand, and for a real estate brokerage or honestly any company in business of any kind, it's a critical component to. Their value proposition, their perception by the people who work at the company, by the people who engage the company as consumers, even the types of partnerships that they're able to to create. So let, let's talk about what reputation really means in this business.
1: And you bring up a good point because I think there's a difference between brand and reputation. Again, back to my marketing mind, it's similar to the difference between in me between advertising and marketing and PR. Because advertising and marketing is really what I say about myself. And PR is what other people say about me. And so I think there's an incredible correlation here because brand is... Let me
0: just, I want to interrupt right there because I think that's a huge point for our audience here for a second. I don't want to let that just go by because it's such an insightful distinction, right? So advertising is what I say about myself, if I hear you correctly, right? But brand or reputation is what others are saying about me in that case. And that really is a massive divide if you will in terms of how these play as an asset for an organization.
1: Well, I think brand is customer centric, right? And that's an mm-hmm. important component mm-hmm. to it and it focuses on really what a company has promised to its customers and then what mm-hmm. that means to them. It's emotional. Whereas reputation is a little bit more company centric or individual centric. So It focuses more on credibility and respect, Mm -hmm. what our organization, or in our case, a person, how they're seen. But it's, you know, by customers, but it's also by employees, investors, journalists, and really your community. So that's kind of where reputation comes in is if brand is about relevance and differentiation, reputation is about legitimacy, and it's a fine line.
0: <laughs> and that legitimacy, it has to happen organically, right? It has to happen through the fact that you do certain things. You deliver on the promises that you make. You live up to the values that you profess. You make the difference to an individual customer or community. But it's subjective. It's measurable. It's it's out there, if you will.
1: Yeah. And, and a reputation, it's critical because it, you depend, we all in the real estate community, depend on what the community thinks of you, right? And so your reputation can be affected by your, if you're a broker, your managers, the strength of your management, right? Your financial performance, your innovation, but it's also the way you treat your employees. It's diversity, it's ethical issues, it's commitment to the environment, whatever, you know, whatever it is. So, and the actions of your people can affect your reputation and your brand positively or negatively. So Mm -hmm. making sure that you have a clear distinction between all of those things, I think is is really important. And I'll just give you a quick example of a difference, right? So Corcoran, I mentioned, right? So our our tagline, our brand message is live who you are, which I can come back and kind of dig into more. But we're a premium brand and it stands for inclusivity and individuality. But just that statement alone tells you that, right? But part of what shapes our reputation, is Realogy. So Realogy is one of the world's most ethical companies for 11 years. So those two pieces interplay together to the way we're perceived by the industry and by consumers.
0: It's a really good example because it shows us how they definitely overlap, but they also have their individual focus, their individual role to play. One of the things you mentioned, and I want to ask for some clarity around that is sort of a lot of people have an impact on reputation. So when I think about a brokerage, there's a lot of people who have to come together there are you know different agents who have to come together an office might have a reputation within a multi office firm the broker owner has a reputation the staff has a reputation the brand banner has you know that brand element which is a you know a type of reputation how does that all come together how do you how would you in your experience, when you think about high performing, high reputation organizations, how would you describe the ability to bring that all together and get people on the same page?
1: Yeah. I mean it's it's not easy. <laughs> and it's a fair thing to ask because it all starts, I think, with having a clear commitment to what matters to your organization and then hiring or recruiting to that. So it's inside out versus outside in. You know, there's a great Warren Buffett quote that says that. You hire for intelligence, energy, and integrity. But if you don't have integrity, forget the first two. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: a good point. (laughs) It's like
1: integrity is, it's so critical. And so, you know, I think having core values and that exercise, some people think it's silly. I think it's really, really important. You know, it helps you kind of develop a rallying cry or a place to center everyone's understanding of what drives the organization. and even physically manifesting that in your offices, you know, we've you've all seen kind of core values on walls, but I think there's really creative ways, cool, fun ways you can do that too. I've seen some corporate affiliates do it. And I know you've seen in um, John Lawrence and Perry and company, he's got this big chalk wall and he wrote, you know, live who you are. And then people write down what that means to them. And that to me is a great way to coalesce everyone around what it is that your company stands for. And then you can all kind of, you know, have a rallying cry for it.
0: It's very symbiotic because in a lot of ways, you know, you generate these values, these core values. People then sort of express how what it means to them and how they can manifest them. At the same time, when they do that work, they sort of see it now and they have to live with what they have professed. And now it guides their actions. It It literally guides the formation of their reputation, and if it's done right, now you have a group of people on the same page going out into the marketplace, essentially saying, this is what we stand for, this is what we wish to be known for, and then it takes on a life that enables them to make new relationships, create new opportunities, create growth. For the organization, so it's not just a one way. Is it's not like coming up with a slogan or coming up with enough research to say this is what people think about us. It's a lived experience.
1: Yeah, and then you tie that to like so. For example, you can tie it to your awards. You can tie it to the actions you take. If giving back is something that's important to you, don't do a party for your holiday party. Do a give back a charity event. I think there's easy ways when you have a clear understanding of what is important to you and your core values. You can make that part of your brand and ultimately becomes part of your reputation
0: when you think about this are there things that good leaders are doing to foster this are they organizing their firms in certain ways are they like you said they're tying them into philanthropy tying them into special events how are managers or you know even training and development efforts play a role in not only establishing but fostering and extending this reputation
1: I mean, I think for brokers more than anybody, you know, your agents are your flag or your badge. And so you have to be thoughtful about how you identify and you bring on agents that are, you're proud to have represent you. And just like your yard signs are a billboard for your brand in every yard that they, you know, in your market, your agents are the same. And so they have to be representative of that. That all kind of ties into culture because when you bring on people that are reflective of the values of the company, that all then plays into the culture that you develop in your company. And it's this rewarding sort of circle.
0: So that's interesting. You're now sort of saying the agents themselves, you know, in addition to being the primary engine for the sales and growth of the organization, they are also individually, but collectively, I like how you put that the sort of flag of your organization. And it's important that you are bringing the people in that will, you know, represent the values, the culture, do the work in a kind of way that uh, reverberates, if you will. So when you think about that in the marketplace, and all of the focus we often have on recruiting and retaining people, I guess that's it, it makes it a whole lot harder to be a steward of the reputation as a leader, if you will. But it also adds a new responsibility, maybe as a salesperson, like I'm not just here to do units and volume. I'm here to show up in a certain way. How do you see that playing out in an industry that's you know quite properly focused, but sometimes obsessed with recruiting and retention?
1: I think it goes both ways to your point, you know, so it's funny because we talk about personal brand and that's a whole nother conversation we can have. But for an agent, your reputation, your individual reputation is based on your own actions and your beliefs and every little thing you do. Right. So do you return phone calls promptly? Are you detail-oriented? Do you have a good reviews? Right, All of those things contribute to your reputation and your brand. But then also, you know, it has to be consistent with the company as well. And when the company is looking to recruit people, they're giving the halo effect of the company in a lot of ways. It's a way to think of it, right? So ensuring that they're attracting and aligning themselves with agents that, you know, again, really represent the company well, I think is really important because you both have a commitment to one another to live up to the reputation and to recognize when it's not working too.
0: So that's a very powerful visual, right? The halo effect. A lot of times we think about assets at a firm and we think of them almost as consumables, things that people use. They use our technology, they use our capital they use our training etc but imagining reputation as something a halo effect doesn't fade right it's always there it imbues you you can rely upon it you become part of it that's a pretty powerful asset that sometimes i don't think we realize is as important if you will as many of these other things that we often throw around as a value differentiator some sort of capital differentiator if you will So let me talk to you about what happens when we're trying to nurture reputation and especially that role of training and development. Uh, It seems to me that there's a perfect intersection here, you know, bringing people in that we believe have that integrity, like you said, to resonate with our brand. But we want to be able to bring them in. We want to develop them. But in a way that both safeguards what we've built, but also expands the reputation of the firm. What are you seeing out there that's really making a difference?
1: around learning specifically or yeah so this is big so at corcoran i think we think of training as something inside out versus outside in and that was like a big aha moment for me and i've never in my career really been in a place that thinks of it this way and so
0: okay unpack that a little bit because that's very very different someone who's been in the training world for 30 years i love learning something new like this so inside out versus outside in. What does that mean?
1: Outside in is training. It's something that you do to somebody versus learning is inside out. It's something you do for yourself and such a critical, but like mini little change. But so like, we don't call it training. We call it learning because it's not, it's not about what we do to you. It's about what you do for yourself. And it is such a, We have a thing called an agent studio and it's, it's both a physical, we host live sessions, but also virtual sessions. And it's not just, you know, tools training and, you know, kind of trends set training, but it's, you know, multi-week courses on working with buyers or sellers or recruiting. And we also do things like author interviews. So this concept of live who you are, it's not just about your learnings at work, but it's also about being a better human being. And, you know, I, there was a great session last week about managing stress. And I happily watched that one because <laughs> I can use all the all the help I can get. But, you know, and then I think my favorite sessions actually relate to some of what we're talking about. So um, it's really topical because we do things like meditation virtual, right? And then we do like this personal values course. And uh, there's a woman named Ida Fields who runs this for us. And she makes the same, but I have a little bit wrong, I think, but it's align the values you live with the values you give.
0: Wow. Yeah. Very powerful.
1: She goes through this whole exercise about defining your why and leaning into your unique strengths and, you know, kind of what your core values are. So like if you're a broker and listening to this, I think if you just Google core values exercises, because we've been talking about it a lot, Matthew, there's easy ways to replicate this, but it is this kind of inside out concept, which is if you have clarity on what drives you personally, I went through it once at a former company and, you know, you you had all these exercises and it was a guy named Mike Staver who walked you through this process and you had to like write down 20 things that were important to you and then 10 and then five and four and you had to get down to one. And the one thing that you couldn't breathe if you didn't have every day. And for me, that was innovation, which was a surprise to me. But, you know, those kinds of things, I think they really help sort of clarify what drives you. And then, you know, it helps us ensure that our agent's, and the people that are out there representing our brand every day are armed from everything from life skills <laughs> right mm, to real estate mm. skills and that's a really really important part of why i think learning is is key to being an effective brokerage today because you you owe that to your people
0: what i hear you saying essentially is that there's a lot more going on here than just skill development you're talking about organically developing people you're talking about helping people become more of who they want to be, not just do more of what it takes to, you know, fulfill a profit and loss spreadsheet or a business plan that they had set out earlier. And this, of course, means helping them manifest the reputation that they want to have, as well as the career outcomes that they want to have. This is a much bigger play, if I hear you correctly.
1: And it ties to our culture and our values, which is live who you are. And so there's no real estate in that word or that phrase, you know, and right, so it's about right. quality of life. And it's about really focusing on the things that make you an individual and a better, better human.
0: How does that translate into the marketing question, though? Because at some point you are building better people. You're building strong reputations. And when we think about reputation, yes, as you as you gave us a good distinction earlier, we we think about marketing, we think about advertising. But There does have to be some promotion of this reputation in a way, right? There's actually, it would be to our benefit to promote this asset of strong quality reputations. How do you do that just right in your experience?
1: Well, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, having a proactive PR team is critically important. It's it's shocking to me how few brokerages have a PR function. And I can't underscore enough how important that is, particularly around the reputation piece, because you need to have somebody whose job it is to tell your story to people who then will tell it for you, right? And so that's, and it's not just listing specific, it's around your company. So I think that's really important. I also think this is really where word of mouth and social media is so powerful in our tool set today and which we didn't have 20 years ago. And so everything we do today is under a microscope and back to the conversation earlier about you know, if you, your people can do something that says something about your company, you know, it's really, really critically important that you make a swift change. We had somebody do something that was caught on social media and it was, it was absolutely inappropriate. And Pam, our CEO, let the guy go the next day because it was not reflective of who the company was and she acted swiftly and she was consistent and, it, you know, it's really, really important. So I think those pieces are, are important. I think brokers also can do a lot today with social media assets to make it really easy for agents to convey a consistent message about their brand or their company on their behalf. And so if you think of your agents as little megaphones, (laughs) you know, a way to get the word out and make it really easy for them by giving them, we have a, a tool we call it our social media advocacy tool. And we put assets out there that the agents can then brand and then use on their own social. And then, so we magnify and multiply with that word of mouth and social media. And so I think those are incredible tools that we have, but being in front of it and proactively managing it rather than just, you know, trying to educate agents about how to leverage social. I think it's minimal in terms of its um, value long-term. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about, as you're speaking here, I'm thinking you're talking about the network effect, right? You're talking about how to basically activate this network of, of individuals and create those ripples, organically creating them through the power of the tool social, but also the fact that social is essentially just an electronic version of word of mouth, which has driven successful individuals and companies since the beginning of time. Let's shift gears here for a little bit. I'm looking at the time we have here together and I want to get a couple of other questions in here. Let's talk about Corcoran specifically for just a few minutes. You know, you now represent 5,700 plus agents, there's, uh, you know, 40 markets, 160 plus offices, California to Florida, New York, I guess British Virgin Islands now, which is a wonderful uh, addition. You know, you're in urban, you're in second home markets. How has the Corcoran reputation fueled that expansion, caused people to say, wow, this is something I really want to pay attention to? And where do you think it goes next?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So I think it's interesting because even when you're rattling off the numbers, you know we're relatively small on the scale of, of brokerages still. But I will say that two years ago, it was two years ago in February that we launched our first franchise, we were 2,300 agents. So we're triple the number of agents today in only two years. So that is, I think, really where the story is, is the fast growing. It's interesting because where we're resonating is with High end resort, second home. So I think that, you know, we're not ever going to be everywhere. I think we're the right brand for the right people at the right time. Yeah. And it's a little bit unique that way. And so we mentioned it earlier, but kind of this truly differentiated point of view. And, you know, we've talked about live who you are, but I will tell you that that's been our motto for 20 years. And so you know, people know the brand because they know Barbara Corcoran. Well, Barbara Corcoran has been gone for 20 years, but the ethos that she sort of imbibes the company with still exists today. Strong female leadership, a, you know, a strong point of view. Pam Liebman's been running the company for 35 years. She's, you know, for anyone who's met her, she's just a, she's a storm. She's amazing. And she had a very clear vision to say that, you know, what we stand for is what we believe right and it's this kind of unique live who you are concept it's now met this time right And there's a reason we didn't franchise for the brand for many many years we were just in the hamptons and manhattan and palm beach and you know now i think we've kind of the culture has caught up with us so if you think about 20 years ago this concept of live who you are it was way ahead of its time but now because we've had the rigor to have a consistent point of view, now the world is celebrating differences and and uniqueness. And so it's deeply honest to the core of who Corcoran is because we were doing it long before it was fashionable. So I I think a big part of it is what I'm hearing people respond to is that we have the confidence to be comfortable saying who we are and equally confident saying who we're not. And that is hard in in branding and, and in developing a DNA.
0: You know, it's funny you say that because I think we both have talked about this in the past, but for years, a lot of the conversation about who you wanted to be in this business was actually dominated by new players, people on stages saying this is who you have to be. I, You know, I've told the funny story before of, you know, that so-called company out there that couldn't figure out who they were going to be. They were going to be an education company one year, a technology company the next year, a sales company the third year. And, you know, their brokers are spinning in circles saying, who are we? What do we stand for? You know, what are our known reputation goods? And almost feeling as if they didn't have that asset, that a company like Corcoran who says, look, we this is where we started. We've stuck to it. And in many ways kind of waited for the market to be ready for it rather than having to change itself to be ready for the market. Very clever, but also just extremely strategic, if you will.
1: Yeah. And I would say that it's. We have a history of that, right? So when we sold the company to Realogy in 2001, it was Manhattan and Brooklyn company. And she said, hey, you know, we have the opportunity to be in the Hamptons and then ultimately Palm Beach because that was the luxury triangle and sort of skating to where the puck is going, right? So I think we've done it again with the franchising business. and to answer your question about where to next. So it's interesting because obviously we were on the coasts of the U S and we've gone to now four islands in the Caribbean. And I think very shortly we'll be in Europe. And so eventually, you know, we'll be all around the globe, but we're not going to be in every neighborhood. We're going to be in the communities that make sense where consumers understand the brand. I think we're moving to places where people are, have moved or are moving due to the pandemic because they're places that people want to choose lifestyle first, and the brand really resonates well with that.
0: And I think that's important, is you're not just following hot markets and hot trends. You're going to the places where the people will mesh, where they will feel a synergy. They will feel that it's natural for a Corcoran firm to be there, because, of course, it resonates with with sort of how they think. So, let me squeeze in maybe one, maybe two more questions before we wrap up here. I want to um, I want to give our audience just a little chance to get more inside your head because I think that that's one of the cool things about having podcast conversations just in general. But you personally in your career have you know this amazing reputation. You have been you know formally recognized by groups like Swanepoel and Inman. You've been named to the top 200 most influential industry executives list, the list of innovative leaders, which actually is wonderful because it jives with your innovation core value, luxury dailies, luxury women to watch list. So clearly you have a reputation worth knowing about in this industry. But I'm always curious, what do you think of when you are recognized in this way by your peers and by others in the industry? What goes through your head when you see that you've been nominated and won in many of these awards?
1: I have heard lots of people say it's silly and it doesn't matter. And I disagree. I think no matter what anyone says, it's really nice to be recognized period by your peers or for the contributions you're making. Mm -hmm. I am not driven by that, but it tells me that what I'm doing is working. And so I worked in advertising when I was straight out of my undergrad, I was a film major undergrad and knew I wanted to tell stories, but I didn't know how. So I went to work for this little guy who owned his own PR firm and advertising firm on Newberry Street in Boston. And he said to me once, he was an older gentleman, and he said, Stephanie, he says, do what you love, the money will come. And for me, that's always been a huge driver for me. I had a former employee of mine recently, and she met a girl I'm about to hire. And she said to her, when you meet Stephanie, the one thing she's going to say to you, and she probably has already said it, is the word passion. And I probably said it in the interview three times. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, I go to bed at night thinking about work. I wake up in the morning thinking about work. I don't expect everyone around me to be that way, but I do expect them to be passionate about what they do. And I think that for me, that's been a gratifying part of my choosing real estate as an industry that I want to make a contribution to, because this concept of helping entrepreneurs get better and be successful, it drives me and I love it. And I wouldn't pick any other industry. I think it's the best industry in the world.
0: (laughs) Well, what a great component to have to your reputation, right? What a great aspect of reputation to be known for is to make that that kind of contribution and to be recognized for having made and continuing to make that contribution. Stephanie, I want to thank you for being our guest on the show today. Uh, You never cease to amaze me. And it's always just a pleasure to have these kinds of conversations with you and for uh, for helping all of us, our audience, be so much better. I'm sure we will have you back with us. But thanks for being on today's program.
1: My pleasure, you are a pro, Matthew. So anytime, whatever you need, I'm happy. I'm honored to be involved. So thanks.
0: thanks everyone for listening i hope you are already a subscriber i hope you've been receiving our episodes regularly and if you have enjoyed this conversation please do subscribe if you haven't yet tell your friends about these conversations and rate the show leave us a review let us know what we're doing well and what else you'd like to hear about so until next time i'm matthew ferrara and this has been explore expert conversations from realogy be well